in your studio. Yeah, I've been here for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. How do you like it? Like, it feels like, um, I mean, I'm just seeing a small square of it, but it feels like a very different vibe than your uh, other one. Yeah, it's a lot bigger. I have more, uh, I feel like in my old studio, everything was, I was confronted by everything I've ever made all at the same time, you know, <laughs> just no storage or anything. So now I built a proper storage cubicle and only have 10 things at the wall, on the wall at once. So mm-hmm. it makes for, for me, better, a little more clarity or something. I'm not like bombarded all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's a little, it's like half, like white wall, half kind of rough. So you can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I'm a fan of funky spaces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you yeah. get like good light in there yeah my in the daytime like i can show you like i mm-hmm. have like those big windows oh cool so in the day it's really nice but then i haven't i should put more lighting in i just have like two big neon tracks mm-hmm. so it gets a little yellow yellowy and shadowy in the evening mm-hmm. It looks very like gallery-ish when you put it mm. in the photos. Like it looks like some like Kunsthalle or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I, or my hope or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I like just having it as, as I have, I make all, everything I make is on this mobile table mm. that I can just like wheel into this little port I made for it. So I can, you know, I just have like nothing in here at all except for like ten things on the wall. Mm-hmm. You work so on it's all a very table? by design. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so yeah, because for a long time I was making those. I was making and still am um, making paintings and drawings through this really homespun mono printing technique that I kind of devised and have been not perfecting but have been messing around with for the past I don't know five years or so but only in the past like two years have they turned into paintings so it's all I I make them all flat unstretched and I need a big sheet of plexiglass to make them so I'm like rolling out oil paint and then uh yeah it's like a trace monotype is like I guess the technical Mm. Does that involve working from the back side, kind of, so you don't know exactly yeah. what you're doing, or like you can't see? Yeah, exactly. I have like a system where. Yeah, I usually draw out a map, like a key beforehand, so I'm, so I know what I'm doing, and I draw on the back with graphite, so I know what parts I filled in and what parts I have. Mm-hmm. So I do it all in layers. So each color is a different layer and then all that's like offset by brushwork so mm-hmm. there's more like graphic or crispier parts um or just like different levels of definition basically mm-hmm. um but then recently i've been making paintings with just charcoal and oil right i feel like um 
Your work has changed a lot since we last spoke in a way. I mean, I feel like some things feel really different, but maybe before we get fully into that, like I was just thinking mm. about, um, I guess like how you might categorize yourself or if you care about that, like um, I was thinking like when I first met you and saw your work, I feel like I would have probably said you were an abstract painter. And then I feel like the more I learned, the more I feel like that was maybe not true. Like I remember, um, remember like bits of things you called screens in some of the work and um, like there were, or like the drawings or monoprints would often have recognizable objects in them and then you yeah you have this like printmaking and drawing and bookmaking and then sculpture and um mm -hmm. uh, yeah so do you do you call yourself just like an artist or do you care about categorizing yourself in any way um yes or no i mean i definitely think that still what i'm doing now is under the larger umbrella of abstract painting i think now it's definitely gotten more pictorial, but I think it still is uh, maybe like a location to operate within. I still think of myself within that zone. Um, and then everything else I feel like all of the printmaking techniques or um, anything else, I find that all to be under, um, it's all for effects in painting. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel, I feel like I make paintings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. as just like a, in broad strokes or whatever. So yeah. I'm fine with considering myself just a painter or something. But I do have like other things that I work on too. But yeah. I don't know. That's one thing I've always been, because I have a strong printmaking background, um, but I've always been interested in painting as sort of this almost like performative little window or something. Um, almost as just like a location. Um, I don't know, I find that a bit, I've always thought that painting is the most like, there's such an easy shortcut with painting to be art. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like you put it on the wall and it's kind of hard to suck the, the art out of it. Mm -hmm. um, I guess or, uh, on the flip side of that, and not to be, or sound too reductive, um, but you can suck the art out of like photography by it being, you know, documentation or sculpture as it being functional or uh, video as being entertainment or something. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, very crass, reductive <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. overview. But with painting, it's just, it's so stuck in its like little art bubble. Um, yeah. Yeah, like you, even a lay person, like you can't really mistake a painting, like mm. the the thing where like a janitor accidentally throws out a sculpture would probably not yeah. happen to a painting, like there would be some level of respect or recognition, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and those, I like those sort of broad understandings in a way to like play. Um, I think when I was, like in college studying printmaking and stuff uh, and doing like performance and like ceramics and all this other, you know, just putting myself in all the different situations. Mm -hmm. um, 
remember coming across like Michael Kreber, you're like, oh. And just he, I think, or as far as my understanding of painting, I can kind of look at him as someone that kind of unlocked it for me or, um, yeah. Like um, painting could be whatever you say it is kind of. Yeah, or, or um, there being a pretty standard set of uh, constraints that go along with it, mm -hmm. um, like some sort of givens. And because the window is more tight than it is in other um, practices, um, that gives a lot of freedom and also constraints as well. Um, they just like the rules of painting in a very traditional Western sense, I find just like align with me and my sensibility and attitude or something. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I had the opposite in a way, like I was always like interdisciplinary, but then now I've decided I'm a painter. And I think because I was intimidated mm. by that category mm. and the kind of, I don't know, history of it, or I think I just didn't really know enough about it also. Like I didn't know about people that did things differently or that there was a lot of leeway in it actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that leeway is fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I never know like whether to start at the beginning or the end, but just since you were mentioning your printmaking background, maybe we could talk a bit about that, like why you chose that, maybe even when you decided you wanted to make art or go to mm. school for it. I was initially really interested in video editing and was like going to school for that for a very short amount of time. Um, and then just as more and more time went on, I found myself more drawn to 2D. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think a lot of my interest in printmaking comes from, I feel like there's like a very typical, uh, like background of like, like punk and hardcore music and, you know, flyers and maybe this sort of ethos of like democraticness mm -hmm. that goes along with um you know reproducibility when it comes to image making yeah uh, and I feel like at the time there was like when I was in college that was when like net art was becoming a thing and that seemed to have a real parallel with printmaking in a larger conceptual sense mm -hmm. um and, but even my time in college, like I was making the prints I was making were not the most traditional. Like I was doing you know, digital stuff and um, like digital paintings on canvas and getting stuff printed from like walmart.com and <laughs> having it sent to me. And um, yeah, and then it all just kind of progressed from there as far as, uh, or I got more interested in the like the conceptual framework i guess of printmaking and the tools that are offered in it in a traditional sense i mean as i still you know employ a lot of those in painting um but then it switched from making you know additions by and large to unique objects or 
-hmm. you know, the seriality has kind of died out a little bit, but I still do make like prints and stuff. And I just did a residency at a print shop last year and I was making, Uh you know, like CMYK editions and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. it's still, it's always in the background. Yeah. Yeah. It's formative for sure. But. Yeah, it seems like you've never fully like let go of it or something like it's been it kind of remains in some form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that I didn't actually know that about that you had briefly studied um, video editing. That's interesting. I hated it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it was one of those I feel like real classic like trial by or learning what you like by learning something that you really don't like. Yeah. <laughs> is very quickly your priorities get kind of switched up. Yeah. So, yeah. And then it was just full bore from then on. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I feel like, I do feel like your work has retained something of this like punk ethos or something. Um, mm-hmm. Although like, it feels like, um, kind of, I don't know, I was thinking a lot about like the known versus the unknown and utopia Mm. versus dystopia, um, nature versus culture or the industrial or something like, I feel like this newer work is very like, um, feels more like a bit darker to me or or, or a bit more Mm. kind of pointed in, in what it's, thinking about in a way and um yeah 100 yeah yeah is that for the most part I've been dealing with the same ideas and kind of reaching from the same uh aesthetic pot for a very long time um and it's just gone in different iterations um like at first it like the older work, a lot of the same imagery is embedded in there. It was just, it became very buried in gesture. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was, you know, there were different like formal problems that were being addressed. Like it was more about topography or something mm-hmm. um, than it was, or versus how it is now. I feel like it went from being this sort of topographical gestural space that was suggestive but that's kind of it which at the time it made very much sense for me to keep things as like open and as like hinting as possible Mm -hmm. um and then I feel like it went the past few years it got more into like the symbolic I mean these are all very vague terms that I'm talking about but um for me they make or maybe if you see the work it makes sense there but now it's kind of dipped into more picturesque or like at a certain point I just felt comfortable or the need to just talk about things in a more crystalline way yeah and be more direct um and a little bit more um kind of like minimal with materials or something uh right like it seems like I do I do a little research before the episode and then I do kind of like word Mm. salad of just the things I'm thinking about Mm. and um yeah so like for a long time you were making work with this kind of very specific technique with like foam core and cutting and kind of Mm -hmm. drawing and it seems like the more recent work has just been 
oil on canvas and using this mono print technique that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think what you said, or going back to what you said before about like a certain attitude or something with my work or whatever. Um, that's another thing about, um, with within the type of painting that I do, I'm very conscious and very specific about the materials that I choose um, to work with. Mm -hmm. And so like the foam core was one, I feel like that had the most like kind of contradictory character to it. Um, yeah, foam core is always used as, it's never the finished product. It's always like a preparatory material. Right, it's kind of throwaway in the, or it contains a kind of model, a sense of a model. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Or like, or used for presentations. Right. There's always something that kind of tries to get a larger idea across before the actual mm -hmm. work begins or something. Um, right. So, yeah, there is between that, there's like a graphic quality that is shared, but that has been very throughout. Um, isn't that foam core work, the, the cutting was very interested in this like fractured surface. You know, it, there'd always be this like thin kind of black shadowy line that went through the entire surface. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's still the case now, whether it being the mono printing, which is always a black line as being like the kind of key mm -hmm. for everything. Um, and then now it's just like super one-to-one -one of just be with charcoal is using that line as well. So like mm -hmm. that sort of graphic quality, even though it's wavered quite a bit materially, it's always been there. Yeah, totally. And I feel like um, just like visually too, that black line, like I feel like your work has this kind of, like it looks very handmade and it has a kind of warmth and like organic feeling. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of color in your work and a kind of sense of warmth and organic shapes. But then there's also, like you said, there's always there's always these black outlines and there's this blackness kind of cutting through a lot of it. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, and these like yeah, like dye these. Well, especially in the newer work, it feels like these kind of very machine forms but they are kind of softened by the like line or the hand in them. Yeah, like the, the process of the mono printing, I, why I like it so much as like a conceptual tool is I'm effectively, effectively just making carbon copies, mm. uh, like layered carbon copies. So there, that's like where that softness comes from. So I'm not, you know, the mark is buffered. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, and there all the it's always, there's always been this like diagrammatic angle to all of the the work, mm -hmm. which I've always loved that as or visual diagrams as uh, like an analog to painting. Um, you know, using like diagrams are typically used for like larger abstract ideas that kind of operate at the margins of language. Um, you know, whether it be you know, you're talking about say like millions of people or, you know, big financial numbers or something like that. Um, you know, it's like too, too large. It's like 
a million dollars, I have no idea how to quantify that in a way that makes any sense to me or, um, so then these sort of visual approximations are used that I feel like are very deeply rooted in modernist language. Um, yeah. So I would, for a while, I would just like take these diagrams that I would find, which are from like, you know, a slew of different sources and just redact the data. And a lot of times it's left with just like a nice minimal like abstraction or something. Yeah. Um, so that, that's been something I've been thinking about for a long time. Um, and now it's kind of manifested into two kind of pretty pointed zones, one being more uh, like factory oriented, kind of like ubiquitous um, machinery that is like a lot of the sources that I, or a lot of like things that I draw from are either really, really tiny or really, really small. Um, and then I kind of blow them up or, you know, the scale is being played with. There's um, all of these parts kind of make up like the mechanized world. Like, you know, certain images could be like a cog that's for like a water heater or it could be for like a jet engine or, you know. So there's uh, that side. And then the other side, I felt that I needed to kind of speak to the more contemporary side of like the post Fordist labor coin, which I would consider like white collar. Mm. Um, and then thinking about what that would look like as far as like diagrammatically. Um, and I ended up landing on uh, like PowerPoint graphics, mm -hmm. <laughs> which are used to kind of uh, you know, expel certain feelings of like synergy and networking and stuff like that and they share a, at least with the things that i'm doing i feel like they share a visual kind of commonality to it um, yeah totally because i it's really interesting that distinction because i was I feel like i was picking up on that but i wasn't necessarily yeah like putting them in like they i mean they are kind of connected in a way if you think about like power structures and stuff and so totally yeah yeah i was thinking more about like corporate and mm -hmm. <laughs> corporate graphics of like a, um like an annual report or something exactly yeah and then maybe like user's manual or something like some kind of factory manual or something like that yeah i do feel like they have the same they resonate very similarly um i don't know maybe some have or more of like a foreign feel or something to them at this point but uh yeah like they, they still exist in the same in the same sort of headspace maybe um yeah um and that makes me think of what you brought up a little while ago of like this idea of your connection to abstraction like i feel like even though these forms are more recognizable they like like you said, a diagram kind of is like an illustration of the abstract or, or something that may not be totally visible or, um, yeah, there's a kind of, there's something funny about a diagram because it's like, you have a sense that they're not necessarily thinking about the aesthetic, but just like the fastest or like the most dumbest way you could like, 
visualize mm. something like there's something yeah. that, like simple about it mm. yeah exactly mm -hmm. it's it's funny how i don't know it just seems like that and i am taking some a bit of leap or a bit of a leap here but for myself i do see so much of this like very classical modernist language kind of like it's like once you start seeing it you see it kind of everywhere mm. and then it feels a little maniacal right like reductiveness kind of yeah yeah or it just like it's just like the ruling visual language mm. um and it's that you know it's in like the nuts and bolts of everything from like design to communication or mm. do you, um yeah do you think that what do you think about that do you I feel like you use the word maniacal. Do you think it's like a, there's something? Mm. Oh, there is something. Like, I can't think of, it's hard to for me to think of modernism without there being sort of like a political side mm -hmm. to it. Yeah. Um, with like abstract expressionism and everything. Or as far as it being like a an American art or something, which is kind of bullshit. <laughs> um but, i just it, it's very loaded right like yeah this there's a purity to it mm -hmm. yeah and a kind of devaluing of certain things and devaluing of others well maybe also stealing from other things of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's i don't know if I, I i do think of painting a lot of times as it's like for me exercises in my own ignorance or something. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like typically things that, I don't know, like I feel a lot of times with representational painting, at least for myself, I find it difficult. Um, Cause I feel like there's like ownership involved in representational painting. And I feel like if I don't know enough about things then it feels like kind of touristy or something for me to render it or something. Um, and that's totally just for, or my own thinking and my own ideas about myself and painting and, you know, art and large or whatever. Um, so the things that I do that I enjoy paint, or that I feel like a connection to rendering, if I want to use, or to use that word, um, they're usually so ubiquitous or so full of meaning that they're empty. Like mm. I've been making some paintings of like, you know, like the world, like the globe, which I feel like is like the biggest abstraction there is. <laughs> yeah. And there's, I feel like you, like you kind of, um, yeah, that's those globes feel very corporate to me. Like they feel very like, um, well, it almost makes it like an object or something. They feel like devoid mm -hmm. of people in a way or something like it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, an it's idea. like everything and nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's so, it's so ubiquitous and so generic that it's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of a, a blank or something, but, but I feel like there's all this kind of like, mm -hmm. There's a lot of like emotions that I feel like people want to 
conjure maybe when you see an image of a globe or something like yeah but, but are maybe easily deflated or <laughs> by the kind of genericness of it <laughs> yeah exactly and I, I love that uh like i like operating within things that have a big or have polarity within meaning um yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm very interested in how, or like the the visuals of these like large scale communicative ideas. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like what, how you feel when you see what is basically you know, or the world is such like a you know, abstract word, even as like or how we're talking about it, but yeah, it conjures up just such a vast. I don't know. I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, it kind of like the world. It's so like it's so um I don't know, it it takes all the nuance out of it or something like I mean there could be many worlds or something and it's like the most kind of I don't know. It feels like the most kind of blank way of looking at it or something. Yeah. I remember I I, I Many years ago, I was making paintings that were just handprints and stars, like five-pointed stars. And I, I thought there was an interesting, like formal, like five-pointedness to both of them. And they both had like stars are, like each one is very specific, but if you look up, you know, it, they're just like completely anonymous. Then same thing with like hands, how, you know, they only, like my hands are only mine and only refer back to me, but, and they're just this like really blank, uh, like marker of humanity. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So those, so it's been like those sort of, like that sort of discourse or whatever has been in the work for a while. Mm -hmm. And then you have the globes with like the kind of puzzle pieces too, which remind me in a way, in a way those like, the foam core things were very like kind of puzzle, puzzle. Yeah, like mosaic. -y. Yeah. 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 And that's like a real, like the puzzle pieces fitting together is, it's like a culmination of many things that I've been interested in there. And it's very, very corporate, very kind of synergistic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like completing the bigger picture. And, yeah. yeah, putting things together, solutions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's this language of like, um, I don't know, like the way you describe certain things of like the, like that foam core and like even the idea of like a carbon copy. There's like a kind of language of like the office or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, how you were kind of, differentiating between these different image worlds or families, like it kind of, yeah, like maybe there's a kind of sense of like class or something or power um, dynamic. Yeah, I do like, yeah. And I, I think of labor quite a bit um, in those terms, mm -hmm. as far as, you know, like, the office or the factory or you know mm -hmm. the differences between those headspaces if there is any or 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think one thing I've been thinking about a lot this year is like, um, I feel like class is really uh, asserting itself in a way or, or I'm seeing um, the pandemic kind of play itself out in terms of class and like the difference between like people who can work from home and people who can't or how those people Mm -hmm. are supporting people working from home and and in a way it's kind of the difference between people that use their mind I mean I don't know if mind's the right word or but people that people that still physically use their bodies in their labor and people that um mm. use their I don't I feel like mind feels like the wrong word because often those jobs don't really <laughs> involve that much like yeah yeah <laughs> thought or creativity thought or... <laughs> but um totally. but, like personality I don't know <laughs> yeah mm. yeah I mean that's and I do think of the more uh machinery driven works I feel like those are very tactile to me those have like a real way more of a relationship to the body um as opposed to like the puzzle pieces there <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like the one yeah. behind you looks very, I think it's partly because there's a lot of red in it, but it almost looks like a kind mm. of like rib cage or like, it looks a bit like innards mm. or something. Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually a, a Cold War era bunker. Oh. <laughs> That's really like, yeah, that I, you know, have fucked with in various ways, but mm. yeah. Yeah. And then some uh, of them feel... I, I do, oh. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you go. Um, no, no, you. <laughs> um, well, some of them, like, I feel like I was looking at your website and there's one, the one called Insider Trading, too, seems like maybe kind of like egg fertilization or something, but kind of like conflating it with, um, you know, something else. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was like trade trade routes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. So it very. Yeah, but but I uh, painted it in a way that it was or very uh, had a very micro macro sort yeah, of yeah yeah it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the applicability of all that's in between or yeah yeah. Or there's, I feel like flower forms have kind of come up in your work at various times too, which feels like something yeah. from another realm in a way. I guess when I was saying before, like utopian versus dystopian, that was kind of, I was thinking about that more on the utopian side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those like, to go back to, or what I mentioned before, making those like stars and handprint paintings, uh, like those times that I've rendered flowers, they've, I've thought of them as also operating in like a similar dichotomy. Um, like I was really into the uh, the visual commonalities between like a very rudimentarily rendered flower and like a cog. Mm -hmm. um, so those two have been kind of conflated in a number of works that I've done or that's interesting like like if you think of it a certain way a flower is like a kind of means of production or something like that for sure yeah yeah it's like little like tiny little machines 
And yeah. so, and some of that thinking gets a little too close to, or maybe a little like cybernetic-y or something, but I'm fine with that though. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I have, I don't, I don't mean to sound like I have like a very cold read of the world. <laughs> um, that's like fully mechanized or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And more so if anything, I think the world is, or two, cold yeah um, like within like a lot of diagrams yeah especially of you know like recently of say you know amount of covid cases or you know things like that it's the the visual language is always so like ice cold mm -hmm. um which yeah. i you know, which i find to be gnarly or interesting or, or i'm not sure how i feel about it which i think is why i'm drawn to it. I mean, I guess and that makes me think of like another thing about a diagram is it kind of um, it kind of produces a sense that you're only supposed to look at something through the lens of the diagram, whereas like there could be many other elements or ways to look at it. So it kind of yeah, like presupposes a certain conclusion in a way also. Um, sure. Yeah. And then yeah, it's very like homogenizing. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, like, yeah, when it is being kind of imposed around people's lives and, and things that are very much not kind of machine related or, or like, yeah, or like mechanistic or, yeah. or, or inorganic or, yeah. Uh, I think, or that's where I think color comes in a lot for me in painting mm -hmm. um there's a like i feel like i kind of like a technicolor-ish painter mm -hmm. you know there's like a lot of uh bright or things are kind of darker mechanistic things are rendered in like a higher key yeah. um which i don't know i've always color is very interesting and painting in effect i find like sometimes i think of um like painting too too colorful like can denote like something not serious or something mm -hmm. right yeah it almost makes me think of like toys or mm -hmm. like yeah like child graphics or something yeah so yeah i am kind of like fighting against that a little bit maybe mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. As most of the painting I like is typically kind of like brown or <laughs> really? ugly or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I don't know. A little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, and then like I feel like going back to the labor idea a bit. Like, um, well, color itself is like very physical and very. I, I like I hate I hate thinking about color in like a scientific way like I'm not interested yeah, in that yeah. at all. <laughs> like I feel mm -hmm. like the whole point of color is that it doesn't need that at all like it just cuts through any mm -hmm. need for that and so it's in the physical realm I think or the emotional realm and and I think the way you paint these diagrams I kind of feel like it almost brings them 
it like breathes life into them kind of like they don't mm. they don't feel that cold when you reimagine them yeah 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 definitely and that's that's the idea yeah and like the labor of painting is very much in that physical realm too mm. Mm-hmm. like some of your most recent work isn't on your website yet so I was like looking on your Instagram a bit and I was like um intrigued by these you had posted a bunch of like rave flyers at one point and um oh yeah yeah I feel like those are an interesting like m- moment of like kind of utopia but they also invoke like kind of like apocalypse or something or they kind of like conflate the digital and the I don't know um yeah 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 it's interesting or like the history of raves too or at least like European raves or something like it turned from you know like very um like politically oriented uh like punk music and then everyone got tired of that and then started <laughs> having fun <laughs> or started, you know, letting yeah. loose or something. And they, they are, you know, these very contained, isolated, uh, utopian spaces. But it, like it's only utopian because there's a limit to it or there's like a, it's not forever, basically. Right. And there's a lot of drugs also. <laughs> that helps too, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I think th- those flyers are just so beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. They like, I feel like they, yeah, I think they're beautiful too. And um, there's like an interesting, I thought, kind of like take, like it was almost like looking back to the 60s in a way, but it was really different. Like it definitely wasn't the 60s and it has such a like, I mean, the music itself was electronic and Mm -hmm. felt like it did feel like it kind of um, associated like the electronic or the future with like something. There was like a hope of of something maybe happening better or I don't know. It was this Mm. like cusp of like what could happen. Yeah, yeah, oddly optimistic. Yeah, but like kind yeah. of, but actually, I feel like it was and it wasn't. Like even the the mm-hmm. imagery on the flyers, like it doesn't look that. Like there's something a little foreboding <laughs> about it. Totally. And even some of them say like the final countdown and like things like that. You know, it was maybe like I don't know, like there was some utopian and some like fatalism or something. For sure. I think those two are very closely related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I've never really believed in utopia as a, as a thing. Yeah. Or as like an, an attainable place. Yeah. Um, right. So I feel, yeah, it can only be temporary. Right. Because they're so temporal, maybe that's, uh, the joy in it or something at least as far as like how we're talking about rays or something yeah like it it's only it can only last you know it's kind of not going to last or something i mean even just mm-hmm. like thinking about um 
there's kind of like a cycle like I don't know like I just saw that Michael Alec that club kid died of a heroin overdose the other day yeah the party monster guy yeah <laughs> which yeah. I mean which before um I mean it seemed like there was a lot of darkness in that time but it seemed like there was also they had a lot of fun maybe before it fully spilled into that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, any, yeah like, yeah, that's a very dark scene. Yeah. Or it turned into a very dark scene. Right. But even like, I don't know, like the same thing happened in the 60s where like you had all like Free Love and Hey Dashbury and then there was like Charles Manson came along and stuff. And mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I've never been a fan of the hippie ideology either. I think because it's so utopic. Right. Well, I think it's, yeah, it can't last in a way because it's, because it kind of can't contain like that, um, can't contain the kind of duality of things or something. Like it's trying to kind of act as though everything's all like sunshine and rainbows or something. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there's going to be like a, like a, backlash or there's going to be some return of the repressed kind of (laughs) yeah yeah like it's I don't know operating under the same idea as like a like a perpetual motion machine or something it just like doesn't make sense (laughs) but I think there's something really in like just from a narrative or like a poetic stance like I mean Charles Manson is terrible and scary but there's something really interesting about the point where things turn, oh turn like, yeah over like I don't know it's almost more I'm more I'm almost more fascinated with that than with the like earlier part I don't know just because it's so twisted or I don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. twisted is interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I feel like there's a um yeah, I feel like there's a, I would, something I think is becoming more pronounced in your paintings is like a kind of like resistance to kind of, um, I don't know, I feel a kind of resistance to declaring like where to go with, with the paintings. Like, I, I mean, I think that your work in general is like a bit like um it works by like inference or something or like more yeah 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 I've never been I like that art in general can just be a vocabulary of pointing Mm -hmm. instead of like telling yeah like if I and I don't know it's you know there's a lot of like contradictory things and you know I'm, I'm interested in a few different conflicting ideas that there is no resolution to mm-hmm. uh, if I had a resolution I would you know write or something like that right so, yeah there's no I I'm not one I have no answers for anyone um so and I feel like the paintings are very much a reflection of that mindset mm-hmm yeah um, which I, or at least like i think that's interesting um yeah maybe that's kind of 
in a way how the color functions a bit like they do seem kind of fun and bright but then there's this I don't know there it feels like a heaviness at the same time um yeah yeah and I do think in in a way like I, I think there's definitely artwork that exists that doesn't necessarily need a viewer it's mm -hmm. so like self-fulfilled and self-contained that it's you know almost like it's like a perfect object or something and it doesn't need any sort of human inquiry um but i'm more interested in work that really needs <laughs> <laughs> something to push against there mm. or has questions or is kind of longing yeah um it makes me think of the matrix a bit also although i feel like the aesthetic doesn't quite it feels like maybe I get more of like an 80s feeling than 90s feeling from them, mm -hmm. but but it's kind of maybe the, maybe just, I don't know. I feel like this year has evoked a lot of thoughts about the dystopian for me at least. And mm -hmm. um, like kind of like questions about what what makes life, meaningful and important and what what is necessary to have a meaningful life and stuff and yeah um, yeah yeah and that <laughs> i got nothing for that and that's something i think about i'm sure everyone does especially these days but yeah that's why i come here <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like the closest place to an answer i can get yeah I mean, yeah, I, and I think even, yeah, you're kind of, mm, I remember like in earlier work, I actually made some work with PowerPoint like early on in my work. Like I kind of tried to make like, I made a video that was like a long diary with PowerPoint and, and I remember thinking. Oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i've seen that yeah yeah oh and i tried to like i feel like my idea was that i was like healing the corporate or something or like reinvesting mm -hmm. it with something human um and i feel like in a way i feel something of that like it feels like re-embodying the disembodied mm -hmm. yeah i'm interested in reevaluating a lot yeah. of these or at least like visual cues that are or that we're just like constantly surrounded by if we even if we realize them or not or realize that they're there or not um yeah been very it's been very influenced by like foucault and that mm. kind of similar reevaluating or something of of our histories or how how our world is kind of told to us or something mm -hmm. and how yeah perhaps there's better ways or better modes mm -hmm. than what we've inherited yeah i feel like i'm kind of i feel like i've been like reevaluating a lot of things like i don't i don't want to take anything at face value or i don't really want to just take it kind of 
as it's been handed down or something like I want to like reevaluate it for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of care also in like the way you make them. Like it feels like I feel like you're making all these like artists made um, frames and stuff. Like it feels like there's a lot of mm-hmm. care and sensitivity to the objecthood of it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I just I'm very interested in that specificity. Um, yeah, the frames have come in recently from, I mean, most of, if not all the paintings have a pretty expansive visual quality to them. Um, and then recently it became more important to emphasize that either by curbing it with frames, which then, you know, almost like doubles down on the fact or just letting them kind of exist as these kind of cropped looking images from something larger. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I'm not interested in framing everything. Like I go into a painting already knowing whether or not I'm going to frame it or like what color the frame's going to be. And mm-hmm. A lot of that gets hashed out beforehand. Wait, say more about that. Like what, what makes you decide something would have a frame? Um, I mean, it's not any sort of, there's nothing, or there's no real rationale I could probably hash out. It's more so um, just how I feel about like the attitude of the picture or something mm-hmm. um, and whether or not, like I have this like really expansive puzzle piece painting that it's like a really, it's like this kind of doofy cubist <laughs> looking painting and from the get-go that that needs a frame for sure like a very classical looking like wooden float frame mm. um, and yeah it's like I didn't want to look at it until I framed it and then I was like okay that's like that's the object uh-huh. that's 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 what it needed to be um uh, yeah so it's like different for each one um yeah, sometimes they just, I don't know. Yeah, there's like no real metric I can kind of give. It's more so just uh, my intuition about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, which, and that's always like the rational and the intuitive or like the, maybe that's like by and large, the the two big polars that I've been working within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like there's a sense, we're often kind of like imposed to be rational, but I feel like we're not really rational and maybe we, yeah. need, we need some rationality, but not maybe as much as we think we do or something. <laughs> yeah, like extremely rational people are just scary, I find. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, and I feel like that's such a, a dismissive tactic is to just like rationalize anything away. Yeah. Where, that just kind of curbs any sort of uh, emotive qualities to life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like um, emotion is not rational. And yeah, there's a kind of denial of the human kind of through rationalism. Yeah, like I think every like shitty political situation is always, <laughs> that's always what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people <laughs> People think with their emotions. Yeah, and that's, and that's, I think, emotion is important. Like, I think that 
could be said to Definitely. be one of the things that makes life meaningful, like how we feel about things. <laughs> I'd say way, way more so than rationale. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, um, let's see. I feel like I remember thinking your earlier work um, it did feel like more in inspired by or aesthetically it seemed to have something in common with like Abex or something like not really but like I felt like that could be a kind of reference point or something although it clearly wasn't that in a way and I feel like I remember you kind of trying to describe to me this like, I think I was confused by that. Like, I, I feel like I thought you made them totally intuitively, but you didn't. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I usually do a lot of, like, I pre-plan a lot of things out. Mm -hmm. And, like, that early work, it was, like, a real negotiation between, um, like, this rational, or at least, like, the rationale that I laid out for the painting. So, like, the foam core ones, they were, you know, all cut out and, collaged back onto canvas or some sort of support um, in a mosaic, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I would actually go to apply paint, it would I would adhere to these kind of like planes, these like, you know, marcated spaces mm -hmm. that were very much, you know, they were a bunch of their own little mini paintings or something mm -hmm. in, in a sense. But then it would like break down eventually and it would all kind of like blend together or I would just totally negate the fact that there was this like chopped up surface that I was working on. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time too, I was using like a lot of different kinds of paint. They were very like built up and very atmospheric. Um, and that was laid on top of this, what I considered to be at least this kind of like rationally built surface that had, you know, different meeting points and everything like that. Um, mm -hmm just like kind of like a funky chopped up grid or something oh that's um, interesting I never thought of it as a grid to be honest but <laughs> yeah yeah I mean and I necessarily didn't either or sometimes I did too um but there was like I was in, more interested in the idea of what like a fractured painting surface would look like yeah um, and that took on you know a number of different um yeah, I, or I had a number of different MOs when it came to actually making them. I made those for years. Yeah, it seemed like it was a very kind of, it was like a part of the process and structure of them. Yeah, and I, and I was interested in or different applications of paint, um, maybe in lieu of um, like a figure ground relationship or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah they're kind of like fields yeah yeah they also were more like you think I guess in another way it made them feel more like not just a surface but an object or sculptural or something mm. I felt that they felt like really to me at least really very much paintings is that I was always I feel like the foam core really reinforced this like flat surface, hmm. even though it was, even though there was technically like a three dimensionality 
to it because you know they were cut apart and there was like some relief aspect to it but in my mind they always everything kind of sat on the same plane yeah that's true um, image image wise it all sat on the same plane but it, in a way it made me think more about it it's physical like made me think mm, more about the yeah. surface kind of yeah um, yeah definitely they were kind of like like they felt like i could see them also as functioning like models in another way like models of the universe or something they had a kind of like cosmological mm. feeling almost maybe just there was a lot of like energy and line and different things kind of um yeah yeah and i and i think we, they did kind of or i mentioned before that they were more topographical i feel like they kind of appeared like that um almost as if you were seeing at least just a foam core part from an aerial view of like a landscape or something like when you're in an airplane or whatever mm, um, mm -hmm. there was that i think distance to it and i think how the paint also adhered to the foam core which was something i was very much interested in and just in like a formal aspect of using that material that it really just sat on the surface mm. so there was this they were like two planes basically that were kind of fighting each other. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Was it, um, where did that come from? Like, I, it makes me think of like, uh, what's his face? Um, <laughs> well, um, uh, <laughs> the Kooning? Yeah, well, the Kooning. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, how he would like, put down like newspaper, I think at a certain point, just as like something to kind of, um, something to kind of not to, to work against kind of, or yeah, to paint mm -hmm. again so that he wasn't just starting from blankness. Yeah, I mean, that's precisely how I thought of it too. Mm -hmm. um, and it was also a way for me to imbue the surface with more representational things too. Um, like there was like this a similar kind of diagrammatic imagery that was in the foam core, but then the paint wouldn't adhere to that. So it was, it was buried in gesture. Oh, yeah. so that's where the cuts came from. They were, they were mapped out from kind of diagrammatic drawings or images. Yeah. Or at least like my own version of it. Um, like I was making a ton of, I had like a very or a bigger drawing practice then of just making you know little like thumbnails or whatever, and those would kind of translate into larger things or yeah, yeah, yeah you may i don't are you still do you still draw a lot? I felt like you were really like would really crank out the drawings a lot at a certain point <laughs> yeah i I stopped for a while and then. I think during like lockdown, I'm sure as most artists did kind of reconnected with drawing um, yeah. out of necessity. So yeah, there was a moment where like a lot, the new work, a lot of it, I have some like one-to-one -one drawings where I just made the painting out of the drawing, mm. like exactly the same, <laughs> the same way. Um, so yeah, I made, I was making like a drawing a day for like a fully rendered, like 30 by 22 inch drawing, wow. like for the entirety of quarantine, just to stay sane. 
Mm-hmm. But there, but you know, within that group, there's a lot of air balls. But, yeah. Yeah. I well, I have been do. I started a daily drawing thing like prior to lockdown, but I was continued it, and I mm, you were ahead of the curve. Yeah, <laughs> which has I've been falling off a little bit right now during the holidays, but um, it feels I really like it, and I feel like there's something very like alive about it like I mean just the fact in a way of knowing you keep making them takes the pressure off but I think also brings out something very un um I don't know something yeah like I like could say yeah like I like when when drawing or the practice of continued drawing when that becomes like very generative then it feels productive I've had like issues with my own relationship with drawing in the past of it just feeling like it exists in this like preparatory zone um just like or like that paper didn't feel strong enough or something which is you know obviously not true but it was something or just my own relationship with it. it just I couldn't I had like a block with it and then it just took me finding my way into it um, to then really get going or and be really, or take the drawings as like actual works as opposed to you know, like, oh, this is just a stepping stone to make a painting or a sculpture or whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like kind of, I feel like I really like paper as a, surface and I feel very comfortable on it and but sometimes I feel like a resistance I feel more the opposite in a way like what you said I'm curious about what you said of like translating a drawing into a painting like for some reason I I feel resistant to that but I want to not because I like the drawing so much because I feel like there's something about the spontaneity, spontaneity of a drawing, I guess. And then I, so to like copy, it feels like cheating. You're killing it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and I think also like the particular way that I've been making paintings, they're like very, very drawing heavy. Yeah. So like the paint is applied, at least in like the monoprint ones, like with graphite, like effectively. So like I draw on the back with graphite. So it's like, I'm, you know, my, I'm very, my muscle memory of drawing is like very much connected to like making paintings as opposed to mm. making works on paper or something. And then similarly with like making works with like charcoal too. It's, so it's all very, it always has been very drawing based. Mm-hmm. Even the foam core works always started out with a drawing that yeah. I would use to cut apart the foam core. So I think cause it was too, it was so related to how I made paintings that it became, Mm, mm -hmm. I had problems separating it out. Yeah, that's nice though that it doesn't, yeah, that the, it's like contingent, so it's not really that different. Yeah, yeah, they're very, very connected in my head, or at least like the language that I've kind of built out for myself is very contingent on drawing language being translated into, painting or those being like kind of one of the same mm-hmm. yeah I feel 
like when you do it every day too i feel like um it's like being a baseball player or something like you your arm is really loose <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um which is nice <laughs> i feel the same with painting too mm -hmm. like you know we're painting like a lot like all right batter up <laughs> yeah <laughs> Or, or yeah or like being a dancer or something mm -hmm. um do you want to talk about the work you did at that printmaking residency like how it seems like you were making different books and things like yeah uh yeah i mean i really kind of went wild i didn't really limit or edit myself as far as I was just like trying a whole bunch of stuff um so like if I had access to all these different processes I was just gonna go for it um but I ended up making a lot of like additioned like four color separation silkscreen prints mm -hmm. um and then I did I made a book for there's a show in Iceland that I was in um that, that I made this like very arduous very like goofily made uh, artist book uh, i bought all the i bought a bunch of just blank books mm -hmm. like hardcover blank books and then i would just open up the pages and silkscreen them <laughs> into the pages so which it was almost like a weird like collage or something yeah um, what's a blank then, book like a textbook or something how do you yeah, i i just found it online it's it's just a, a like a 20 page book and it's just no, it's just nothing there's uh -huh. 20 pages of 20 blank pages with a blank cover and a blank back and uh -huh. that's funny. <laughs> it's like a, a dummy book yeah um, oh that's right i actually had a job once of like putting pages in dummy books for like a freelance game oh. <laughs> um yeah yeah and i was making i made some etchings and like lino cuts and um yeah it was fun and it, it kind of it ended up getting cut short by covid which was a bummer mm. but what do you feel like making a book like lends itself to a different mindset or um how is it kind of different than painting or or similar yeah i find it like i always think of like I never think of painting as like individual individuals. I always think of how they operate in a group or an installation or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think there is like, in that way of thinking, there's like a textual relationship, almost like if an exhibition is like a, like a paragraph and every painting is a sentence or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so in a way the, a book, or I, I've operated that same way in making like book works. Um, it's just more so uh, like the sequential, the sequentiality of it or whatever is more apparent. Right. Um, you know, like the start and the end of it. Mm -hmm. um, so it, I've had fun like playing with that. Like that last book that I, made that i was just that i mentioned and that was for like a book show too so it was kind of specific in that way 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I made this like big weird glossary in the back. Mm-hmm. So like every page had a weird kind of asterisk slash page number that then related to the back that had like titling and all sorts of weird graphics and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a wild book. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds cool. I feel like, yeah, I could kind of like link back to some of the imagery often might be found in some kind of like book format too. It was, I was very much similarly to maybe how I've been talking about um, like the, the givens that go along with painting in a traditional sense. I was doing the same thing with, um, the givens that come with books, um, mm-hmm. like the, the constraints and it as a form as we kind of have known it for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, is there anything that you're feeling inspired by right now? It doesn't have to be other art also like movie or TV or books or anything. I don't know. I've been <laughs> kind of in like a drought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just everything. I don't know. I've been just like searching for things and nothing's been hitting lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very bleak, but. Uh, but yeah, every once in a while, I'll, you know, get jazzed on. I think there, over the. Over the break, it was, or the, not the break, the lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the break from reality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I did get interested in just like certain kinds of painting that I hadn't looked at in a while. Um, I got like really into like Gunther Fjord for a bit. Please say it again. Uh, Gunther Fjord. Oh, I don't think I know that artist, or I'm not sure. Maybe I'm probably butchering his name, but Uh um, yeah, like a very prolific, like very very formal, like German painter. But there was like a attitude, like a punkiness to his work. That's I just find it so hard to place. Like similarly with like Emi Noble too. Um, there was this oh yeah kind of like anti-authoritative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> feeling to it but it's like the most formal looking word mm-hmm. I don't know right do you know this I mean I probably sound like an old person but I just learned the word based and I love it oh yeah everybody <laughs> who's he's like he throws that out a lot who does I have a friend that really oh yeah I mean it just I just realized it's that's what I like based things <laughs> <laughs> I'm still iffy on the definition of that, but it just seems it's a positive thing. Well, I looked it up. I know it's like, well, I guess it's, um, like, I guess the Urban Dictionary said it's like when you just do whatever you want and you don't care what other people think. Um, oh, wow. Like, yeah, that's it. That's I've what never I heard like. a formal definition of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it meant more just like dark or kind of like 
but I don't know, bad stuff or something. But I was really happy to read that the definition because I was like, yes, that's <laughs> that's great. Oh, I thought it was just like a synonym for good. Like that's oh really? Good. No, no, it's like more like like I feel like Courtney Love is based or uh, like um yeah 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But yeah, that's a good, I like that. That's, yeah, I think that's what punk is too. It's like not caring what other people think on some level. Yeah, yeah. I just find it interesting of these like languages that feel very conservative. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I could be reading it all wrong too, but <laughs> yeah. from my perspective, at least. I feel like there's probably something there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, just trying to get through the winter is the, the newest thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about you? Have you anything get you juiced lately or? Um, I've been like, I feel weirdly good. I don't know what happened, but I found some resilience, maybe a, just a fantasy of life returning to normal and like, Awesome. I don't want anyone to dissuade me from that. Like, um, yes, because <laughs> yeah. I will like move. I will move to Florida if these fuckers want to keep doing this. Like, I'm not. <laughs> well, that's a real threat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think we can sustain this, and I don't think it's working. Also, or anyway, like I don't know. Um, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, I don't know. So somehow I'm, I found a weird, like, better somehow, but um, I'm not really sure why. I mean, I guess I'm, I feel like no, I really. Don't question it. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a real crash course in solitude also, but I feel like I'm trying to like take advantage of that, like and use my time. Like it's like a chrysalis or something. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's kind of interesting, like to give myself more time to develop work than I usually would, like could be cool. Yeah. Hey, that, that was the weird kind of boon for me, I guess, over the past better part of a year that I could really just lose myself in yeah. the studio. Yeah. Which I haven't really had that chance to do that. Yeah. In a while. Like, so. Yeah. And you're not working at a, at, you only work at your own gallery now, right? Yeah. As far as gallery stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a fun, fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. More so than anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's been, so that part has been really nice. And then, or just time has just moved by in a very bizarre way. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> I feel like I, yeah, it feels like sometimes it feels like it's not moving at all and every day is the same, but then it also feels like. 2019 was like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, it's twisted, absolutely <laughs> twisted.